You're listening to episode 23 of Brave and Boss, the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer, and I'm really excited to talk to you guys today all about reopening your business and getting back to work and some things that I'm thinking about that I think you might be good to think about too. So let's dig into the episode. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Brave and Boss the Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I am super excited to be back with you. Thank you for returning to listen to this episode. If you are a longtime subscriber of the podcast, I appreciate you so, so much. If you're new to the podcast, hi, I'm Christy, the founder of the ethical fashion brand Encircled, um, host of this podcast, coach in Marie Forleo's B-School, as well I do my own coaching, and I'm working on a course right now as well. Um, so it's nice to meet you or nice to hear from you again if you're just joining us back again. Um, I'm recording this podcast. I'm actually a little bit behind on recording, so I'm a little bit closer to the release date of this podcast. I'm about five days off from that. Um, and so I wanted to really talk about reopening for business. Um, what's happening right now in North America is that a lot of states and provinces and cities are starting to slowly reopen um, sectors of the economy and different types of businesses. So I thought it would be a great time to talk about this topic and give you kind of a current state of what I'm thinking about at this time. Um, Again, everything is very um, variable. Things are changing all the time. And full disclosure, this is fully just my perspective. So take it with a grain of salt, but hopefully it will um, trigger something in you to think about your business. First thing I'll say is that, um, you know, I think it's really important this time to um, take time for yourself and be without business at certain points in time. Um, I've found that just like walking my dog has been a great opportunity to like brainstorm ideas and not even like with like a podcast in, but just with like silence. Um, Because our brains right now as entrepreneurs are on major overdrive. So to even think more broadly and creatively and to analyze all the angles that will be important to think about for reopening your business, it takes a lot of mental power. And quite frankly, a lot of us are really stressed out. And that's totally normal. I'm here to tell you that if you are not baking sourdough bread, if you haven't done a cross-stitch pattern, if you are not doing daily yoga classes, you are okay. It is okay. There's no need for you to stress yourself out more than you're stressing out already just to feel like you're learning some new skill during this time. Um, now, where things are at in Canada right now, which is where I'm based, if, if you're new to the podcast, is that, and I'm based in the province of Ontario, which is the home to the largest city in Canada, Toronto, um, things are starting to look like they're opening up again. Um, they've slated a date, at least here for like some very odd types of businesses to reopen selectively. Um, there's some thought that, uh, some other sectors may open up by the end of May, um, with some other ones opening in June. 
Um, and then probably some stuff will just stay closed for a long time. So they're anticipating the news has been talking a lot about how big events and sporting events and stuff like that will likely not happen until 2021. And I've been talking about that for a while that I kind of saw that coming. Um, at least my understanding and I'm not, I am not a doctor. <laughs> and I'm not going to pretend to be one. I see a lot of people on Instagram right now who are pretending to be doctors that have gone to like the holistic nutrition school and they don't know what they're talking about. But I will say I sat on a call with um, a bunch of female entrepreneurs uh, last weekend. And one of the um, people hosting the call is Jessica Mulrooney, who is um very famous. <laughs> She's a girl boss in her own right. Um, and she is like a stylist. She's friends with Meghan Markle. She does a lot of charity work. She's like, I guess a bit of a socialite, but she has a business in weddings and stuff like that. And her brother is an epidemiologist, which is basically somebody who studies disease. So he's actually legit a doctor. Um, and he came on to talk about it. And it really does make sense from his perspective, this whole pandemic thing. So, you know, the idea that we were able to flatten the curve, at least in Canada, um, you know, the reality is, is that there's concentrations of COVID-19 in long-term care homes right now, and in certain pockets of society, like in homeless shelters. And the fact that everybody's locked down right now is kind of what's keeping it flat. Um, but until there's some more advanced treatment or some sort of vaccine or something developed or immunity can be shown to um, the coronavirus that things are just not going to get back to normal, right? Like, can you personally picture going out right now and just like going to a bar? Like, it just doesn't seem um, normal. And I feel like also like something I'm thinking about is with reopening a business is that the fear factor you know, there's going to be so many people that are still scared. Like, yes, there'll be the segment of economy, like the very small segment of the population who thought this was a hoax, et cetera, et cetera, who will just go back out there and do their thing. But I think a lot of people are going to think differently about a lot of things. And why that's important is because that will impact your business. My audience is primarily e-commerce merchants. And what we've seen in the last couple weeks actually last week we've seen j crew declare bankruptcy um we've seen uh the gap reporting that they are on very tenuous grounds i've heard that cadillac fairview which owns most like a large portion of the ma malls in canada telling us that only 25 percent of their tenants paid rent um so you're seeing uh the retail reckoning and I think personally, my projection is that e-commerce is going to become bigger. More people are going to want to shop online. More people are now used to the convenience of grocery delivery and all that kind of stuff. Um, whereas before there was just this like barrier to it. Um, and some things just won't go back to normal. And maybe in the long term they will. But quite frankly, I don't really want to cruise a grocery store for a real long time. I was never really into it, quite frankly, but um, I don't want to hang out in one. Like there's for sure some stuff that I miss, but like I miss a good farmer's market and stuff, but I don't really want to be in, in large crowds of people like until something is done about this that can actually solve the problem. Because really for a lot of people who are listening to this podcast, 
It's more about your impact on other people. And if you get sick and your parents get sick and all that kind of stuff um, and your business, uh, you know, the people in your team get sick. So some of the things I'm thinking about is just like if, you know, more brands start to go e-commerce, what does that mean for us as small brands? And I think it means it's going to get a lot more competitive. We've I've heard from brands in this space um, that, you know, I've talked about Encircled's had a really great April. Um, I've heard that from a lot of other brands, especially those in the kind of loungewear clothing space. Um, there's going to be more pressure. There's going to be more competitive competitiveness I think in the long run for advertising I mean we've seen brands pop up I saw a brand in Toronto pop up called take care supply to make masks in Toronto and they basically built their business in three days and then started I think they had an article come out that said that they sold 80,000 masks in April um, and Shopify powered so you can just see that like brands like this can just pop up and start selling stuff um and that's like kind of crazy to me. So Shopify is really great in one sense. It's, you know, it's a great product, great company, um, but it's also enabled people to enter the market really quickly. So you're going to see a lot more retailers coming into the e-commerce space, which means a lot more competition for you, for ad spend, for share of wallet, share of voice. Um, so you need to really tighten up your e-commerce game is kind of the net output of that. Um, I did an episode a couple of episodes ago talking about giving your e-commerce store a facelift and then um, a few episodes back about connecting with your customer and retail stores and pop-ups. It's going to be more important now than ever to have like a really tight customer experience and to really think through that and make it just super tailored for your customer. I spent years in management consulting and I kid you not, every time I went into a retailer, they would always say the same damn thing. They'd be like, I want to put the, the customer at the center of everything we do. And I, I've heard it at Sears, which is now bankrupt. Um, I've heard it at Sobeys, which is a grocery store, Canadian Tire, multi-brand store. Um, you know, they all wanted to do that, but they all really struggled with it because as a big corporation, corporations struggle to orient their customer, their business around the customer because their systems are super old and they don't talk to each other, et cetera, et cetera. And plus they've got all these, this legacy stuff going on and politics internally, et cetera. But as a small brand, you don't have that stuff. You are agile. So you can truly design a customer experience that puts your customer as a priority and at the center of that. So what does that mean? So firstly, like how does your customer like to shop? That is a question I would ask. You know, do they like to pick up curbside? Do they like shipping? Do they want to be able to pick from like four or five shipping providers? Do they want a flat rate? Like you really have to rethink that process. How do they want to shop online? Like what types of offers do they want? Do they no longer want to shop just piecemeal? Do they want kits or bundles? Like do they want a stock up program? Like there's so many things and angles to consider. Um, maybe some people want subscriptions like more now that like there's, you know, a need for more regular de delivery of products, especially consumables. So definitely make that note and try and look at your overall customer experience and think of ways that you can optimize it to really wrap yourself around your customer because um, that could prove to be a big differentiator in the space.
This episode of Brave and Boss is sponsored by No Issue. We all know how it feels to order a package online and have it come in beautiful packaging. It's like a gift to yourself. The problem is most packaging is not sustainable and also it's really hard for small brands to get customized packaging as the minimums for ordering are usually really high. Meet No Issue. No Issue was created to provide makers, brands, and businesses access to custom sustainable packaging. Their products include customizable tissue, stickers, tape, all three of which are compostable and printed with soy-based inks, which I love, and a stock 100% compostable mailer. Minimums are low and quality is high. Packaging, as you know, is a great way to create a brand recognition through the customer experience, taking that digital experience to the real world. Sustainable packaging also shows your commitment to the planet and the small steps that your business is taking to reduce your impact. They sent me a sample pack and I was so impressed with the quality of everything. In fact, the tissue paper was like a work of art. To get started and try out No Issue, go to noissue.ca, that's N-O-I-S-S-U-E dot C-A, and use code BRAVEBOSS to get 10% off your first order. That's noissue.ca and code BRAVEBOSS. And now back to the show. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is team teams for those of you that have a work environment or an office space, etc. Um, so obviously things are going to change here. Um, I told my team in late March that we probably won't won't be back together till July. And I actually now think we'll probably not be back together as a whole team, 100% in the office. Um, I don't know when, maybe 2021. Because here's what I'm thinking. And this comes back to some of the stuff I just talked about earlier. Um, without some sort of, you know, real, quote unquote, cure or treatment for this, um, the risk to your business is really high of having your whole team in the same space at the same time. Can you imagine if one person gets sick and then your whole team gets sick, including yourself? There will be nobody left to run the business. So you really have to start thinking about it. If you have a team, especially if you run a business, especially if you run a business out of your house, because I know a lot of you guys do, um, you really have to rethink how you work together. Um, One of the things I'm definitely thinking about is developing like, and we did this at the beginning of the pandemic before we knew we had to shut our office down, but creating, um, depending on your team size, like we had three teams, but it could be two teams of people. And then they rotate out of the office based on need. So, and then those people are never in the office um, with people off the other team. So there's no cross-contamination and the goal is really to split up skill sets too. So for example, I wouldn't have my designer and my production person in the office at the same time, largely because I know that if I need to get production, if my production manager gets sick, um, my designer could potentially take over that and vice versa. So you want to think about that kind of environment. And then conversely, if you have team members working remotely, how can you enable them digitally and technologically and otherwise to do their best work? Um, For us, I have a very young team who's super tech savvy um, and we use a lot of digital tools already in our business like Google Suite and obviously Shopify and um, Google Docs, Sheets, etc., um, Slack and Asana, and we're very used to working like that. Um, but I think there's even more tools that could be introduced there. 
Um, and if you don't have some of those communication tools in place, you need to really think about them and think about how to get them. Um, the other thing I'm thinking about too is like, you know, do some of my team members have the right tools to be able to be flexing from the work environment to home? Um, you know, my graphic designer has a gigantic desktop that we've she's taken home actually right now because the screen's like I think it's 28 or bigger than that um but she can't cart that back and forth every time she needs to go to the office so like do you have the laptops or the devices and how is that all managed because that's like a whole nother ball of wax or like printers or all that stuff so rethinking your work environment is going to be super key I'm also like now looking back and thinking why the heck was I in the office so much like some days I don't even have meetings like it doesn't even make sense why I'm even there um so it's really changed my perspective on like do do people even need to go into work sometimes um also kind of adjacent to that because this is very um I know I'm speaking to e-commerce business owners um but content development so photo shoots etc videos um that will definitely change too so can you imagine adjusting a model um clothing and fit like in social distancing like it just doesn't work very well so you have to really think innovative innovatively in the space i've heard that like aritzia um and if you go to their website right now you could see um sent models like clothing and then had them do like basically like selfies for product shots on their website um so could you set up you know um a photo shoot kit in a box and send to a model to do a shoot or could you send it to your photographer or could you work with guest photographers to shoot themselves like we're we're all gonna have to get a little bit creative and think differently in terms of content creation in this time because it's just going to be a lot more different and I think a lot more difficult um, and if you are doing photo shoots you know having masks and gloves and stuff like that for the people who are shooting is going to be like super important to maintain safety Okay, so the next thing I'm thinking about for reopening from business perspective is supply chain. So many of us work with manufacturing our product either locally or abroad. Um, and with social distancing measures, which I think will be in place for a long time in North America, who knows what will go on overseas, whether or not that's regulated, um, inevitably manufacturing will slow down. It will just take longer to make product. So some things I'm thinking about there is... Um, building, doing larger runs, building up more inventory. Um, Encircled runs super lean. We're usually not more than two, two and a half times uh, months of inventory. So we that means we have two and a half months of coverage in sales of our inventory on average. Um, and we're talking about moving to four to five. And one of the reasons is that is because it does take longer. It is going to take longer to turn product. Um, but also if there's a second wave that comes back and another shutdown, we don't want to be without product. And the prediction is that that will happen in the fall. And can you imagine rolling up to Black Friday with no product? What a disaster. So you really need to be thinking about your supply chain, where it is, how they're working, how you can rejig your inventory, which will impact your cash flow. Um, and also think about alternative production. So right now we're sourcing new manufacturers in different parts of the country of Canada because, um, you know, inevitably if Toronto's really hard hit again, 
you know, maybe Alberta or BC won't be as bad. So we can do some production out there, but now's the time to really build those relationships and get um, some test production runs done. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about for reopening for business, things to consider is product mix, price points, payments, etc. So um, inevitably, there's going to be some sort of economic uh, downturn slash recession. What we've seen in Ontario is that the government has really stepped up to support people financially um, and businesses as well, but businesses uh, that don't qualify for whatever reasons um, or maybe just can't even manage with the subsidies and stuff like that, the reality is there's going to be a massive um, business loss throughout this. They said, I think originally 20% will make it through the short shutdown and then like a further 30% may collapse by the end of the year. Um, and I think right now in Canada, I think there's 7 million people on unemployment insurance out of 32 million in the country. So that's a lot. Um, and I saw recently that the deficit that Canada runs has ballooned from 25 billion to 250 billion. I was wondering where they were getting all the money for all these payments. And now I know. Um, so that's all kind of a um, recipe for an economic recession. And I think it'll be different than the one we saw in 2008. Encircled wasn't around then, but I was working in uh, marketing. I was actually just finishing my MBA, hoping to get into consulting when the recession hit, but I ended up working in consumer packaged goods, which is a great industry to be in during a recession because people always buy toothpaste. Um, But it definitely impacts your product mix, uh, your price points and payments. So product mix. One thing I'm thinking about is, you know, part of my head says loungewear is going to be overtired. People aren't going to want to wear it anymore. But then part of me says like, given that more people are going to be working from home, this actually may be more of an opportunity too. Um, So ask yourself what products are going to be really dialed up with people just generally spending more time at home. I mean, we'd like to think that people are going to revolt and all go out to the bars and party and stuff like that, but I don't feel like that's going to happen. And I also feel like just generally people are are starting to realize that like they can work from home. And like I said, if there's a second wave or something, people are going to have to return to that. So get ahead of the, the game here and start thinking about like, if you make candles, could you make mini sets or could you expand that product line to make like diffusers, like or lip balm or something like that. Like what are some extensions of product categories that you could get into that you're not in already that would be complementary to the way the world is going? Um, Price points is another one that I'm thinking about. So, um, well, actually, sorry, I just want to go back to product mix. So we had a bunch of planned products that were like very work wear and going out kind of stuff. Uh, And we've actually canceled them all for the most part, because um, I just don't see, you know, a party dress being very, very well received for the next six months, quite frankly. Um, So we're really dialing down and focusing in on what we do best. So that's another thing too, to keep in mind. So if you are a really kick butt jeweler, and you have a really great product, now is the time to like, really dial into that and do what you do best in that collection. If you make versatile jewelry, like make it even more versatile, really tune into your zone of genius during this time. Um, So the next thing I'm going to talk about price points. So 
thinking about an economic recession. So is there a way to make price points more accessible or make some more entry-level price points in your collection? We're definitely considering this in Circle. Like, could we make some of our products out of slightly less expensive materials that still are sustainable, that would still check the box on comfort and style, but maybe not as dressy um, and would be a great entry-level price point to our um, brand. I'm also thinking about basket building. So how can we install an app or something like that so that like we can continue to basket build and help people do that on their website, um, on our website without, um, because sometimes when you, sometimes what happens when you add lower price point products, it drives your average order value down. So you want to take some strategies to mitigate that. Um, and then payments. So one thing, um, I've talked about on Instagram is I just got a Peloton and actually went for the 0% APR financing um, over 12 months because I figured like I don't like paying things off for a long time. Um, And that was through a company called Affirm. There's Sazzle, there's Afterpay, Klarna, Paybrite. We just did a big research project on these at our company and installed Sezzle. But if you're dealing with a higher price point item, so let's say your average order value is 150 or above, you may want to consider installing these apps on your store. Um, basically, the way they work is the customer doesn't pay any interest, but um, the retailer uh, gets charged a bit of a fee, um, but all the risk is taken by the payment provider. And it's a neat way to improve your conversion um, and offer your customers like a payment plan so that they can afford your products, especially if they're high price point. Um, reopening for business. Another thing to really consider as I wrap up this podcast, because it's getting really long. Oh my God, so many things to consider. Um, as we've talked about in a couple episodes back, in-person events, bricks and mortar, et cetera, et cetera. So if you have an expansion strategy for bricks and mortar or events, I would definitely relook at that and reconsider it a little bit. Um, just because I don't think large gatherings are going to be happening at least in for sure in Q2, probably Q3, maybe in Q4. Um, and what I've seen, especially with shows that I'm going to warn you guys about, is that it's been really hard to get our money back. So if you're trying to get a refund from a show for Q4 and you pretty much feel like you're not going to go. So for example, um, we had a show booked in Edmonton, Alberta. Um, it was supposed to happen in f- March. Um, then we they pushed it to December or November. And I just can't picture asking somebody to travel to that show at that point, quite frankly. Maybe if it was a local show, I'd think differently. Um, and they were able to give us a 75% refund, which I will take. Um, but if I wait till December to ask for that, probably not going to get it because other people are asking for it. So if you are deciding to cancel shows and stuff like that, do it as soon as possible. Get those flight credits and stuff like that, and then hopefully you can use them next year. Okay, so I think I've covered off all the points I wanted to talk about for reopening for business. Um, I'd love to hear what you think, like what's coming up for you when you're thinking about reopening for business. Um, join me in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Brave and Boss. I also do weekly live coaching there, so you can check that out for free. It's usually on a Thursday or Friday. And thanks for listening in. If you love this podcast, please share it with a friend. Uh, That's really how I expand my reach with this podcast and help other entrepreneurs like you. Take care and we'll talk to you soon. 
you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com, where you can find all the show notes, free resources, and blog posts, and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.